a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome everybody to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast, Anaheim 1 Review Podcast. Yeah, it's done. It's here. The season has started. So much to talk about when it comes to A1, and uh, we're going to get right into it on this podcast, and uh, the who, what, the where's, everything else, and uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to check out the archives on uh, the Pulp MX app or, or Steve Mathis show on Racer X on iTunes or whatever. Plenty of archives to get into and plenty of great shows in there, so please check them out. Fly racing folks, we love those guys, and uh, they are on board with us. Um, hey, so sometimes you don't always get out to the test track with your truck or your bike. Opt out for a little pedal power to keep you in shape while still kicking up dirt. The Fly Mountain Bike Gear offers a surprising amount of styles and colors of jerseys, riding shorts, mountain bike shoes, and helmets. The gear is thought out carefully as Fly Racing's Moto Division, as carefully as Fly Racing's Moto Division. FlyRacing.com. Please check them out. Mountain bike stuff. Snow stuff, and of course the moto stuff. The Blake Baggett, Benny Bloss, Weston Pikewear, the Seven Deuce Deuce who put in the main event. Flyracing.com, please check those guys out for all that they do, and we thank them for coming on the show. Also presented by Alpine Star Protects. The Tech 10 boots, the benchmark boot in motocross. The Tech 10 further advances the innovations that make it the most technical motocross boot ever. And I went to Ace, uh, Alpine Stars in Italy, and I can vouch for the fact of, of that. Amazing stuff. Uh, from the unique foot chassis that combines five different material compo- compounds into a single lightweight, indestructible structure, to the front and rear sliding brake stabilizers and all-new closure system. Alpine Stars protects. And also, to Maxxis uh, Tires. We thank those guys for coming on board. Jeremy McGrath, the king, uses Maxxis. Uh, to, to learn more, visit Maxxis.com. They deliver the best tires for your bike, but do you know that Maxxis also offers high-quality tires for your car, light truck, trailer, ATV, mountain bike, and much, much more. Their mountain bike stuff is really good, so please check out Maxxis.com. We thank those guys for all the support and uh, Fly Racing, of course, the title on this show. So we're going to be here each and every week. Breaking down the races and talking about what's going on and what happens and uh, thoughts on uh, Houston or the next round, whatever it may be. All right, with me on the line, he's the voice of GNCC Motocross. He's the voice of AT Motocross. He's the voice of AMA uh, Motocross Series. He's the voice of Flat Track. He's the voice of Geneva Supercross. He was the voice of Enduro Supercross or Enduro Series. Jason Wygant. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm one. Yeah. <laughs> Very excited. I like it. I like the passion. <laughs> I like the passion. A1 uh, has happened, and uh, why can't there's, – there's a lot to talk about. There, it, it, there shouldn't be a lot to talk about, but there is. Yeah, in many different directions. Um, yes. I feel like we've got as much 
like on the track stuff was pretty good. I mean, if Tomac had checked out, maybe it wouldn't look that way. Between him and McElrath, he could have easily had two runaway winners. Yep. That definitely spiced it up. But really, I feel like there's more talk with other stuff, gossip from the pits and rumors we're hearing and, and fun stuff that happened throughout the night. Mm-hmm. It was as much uh, excitement uh, off the track and in the pits as there was on the racetrack. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's kind of what I was alluding to. If Tomac had just taken off and won, which we all thought he was, then – not much, not a lot to talk about with the racing, but there is now with that. That, that. that makes it wide open. Also on the line from flyracing.com, two-time Montreal Supercross champion, Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Oh, I thought you were going with Goldie there. Sorry, I wasn't, I wasn't ready. Oh. But hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. No, you're welcome. Thank, uh, do I thank you or do I say you're welcome? I, I never either know. One. I, it's, a, uh, it's very awkward. A, yeah. a man who did not win Montreal Supercross, but he is a Canadian motocross icon, is joining us for the show from GuaranteedMX.com. Ryan Gold. I hated Montreal Supercross. <laughs> well, JT hated. loved it. JT loved it. Uh, well, boys, thank you for having me. I'm stoked. This is awesome to be here. Your best finish at Montreal? Um, whatever they would have took into the main event, second last. So 2019, 20, 20, maybe? <laughs> yeah, not good. Not good. <laughs> not good. No. Um, all right. So, Galdi, you were there, also with us. So, uh, welcome on board. GuaranteedMX.com. So, um, yeah, exactly what we kind of touched on to start the show. Uh, JT, I'll start with you. Um, Eli Tomac is is in the same spot as last year in the sense that he is over almost a race down in the points. It happened it happened later in the series series last year, but one mistake, some broken pants, an injured shoulder, and dude, Tomac is in a hole to start the year. It's almost unbelievable, JT. It's almost unbelievable. It is, but man, you can't crash. Like I think he showed throughout the the day and the night that if he wasn't the favorite or the best guy uh, on the day and night, uh, he was damn close, but you can't crash, man. You can't, you can't throw away uh, the lead. You know, it's, it's very similar to what he did in New Jersey. You have, you have the lead. You are perceived to be the best guy. You believe you're the best guy and you make a mistake all by yourself and crash. And, and I don't want to say ruin the season, but between injury and points, you put yourself in a huge hole right out, right out of the get-go. Amazing. Amazing that he was pulling away. It was, it was done. And just a, a mistake, man. He lost the back end. Endoed. It was a good crash, by the way. It was a good one. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty slow and whatever. Like, he, he kind of landed into the next jump. I didn't think it was anything, like, too crazy. But anytime you land on shoulders that have been repaired, you know, he's, we've obviously seen him deal with shoulder injuries before. Uh, it's not, not ideal. I checked in this morning with uh, a Cowie guy, and they think that, um, they think that it'll be uh, on the better side. Uh, than than bad. It, it's not. It doesn't seem like it's going to be bad. Um, well, but you know, I, obviously, all of us have been asked a million times by now, and talked to friends and coworkers and all kinds of stuff about how it all went, what we thought, and it, who's heard, and what's the deal. And none of us really know anything yet. But my thought was, if he got up and he rode, and, and I'm not saying he got back on his pace by any means. He was definitely slower. But every time I've ever been hurt. You know if you're hurt real bad right away. You're not trying to get back on your motorcycle. You're not trying to go jump the jumps and get back in any sort of race pace. Uh, so I would assume he's got something going on there, you know, whether it's a contusion like they put out or if there's something structurally wrong. 
um, it didn't seem like there was something that he won't be able to get past because usually you can't go out there and do several laps again if something's really hurt. Apparently, uh, Wygant, I don't know this for sure, but apparently they have a new race services at Alpine Stars, and that was the guy's first race. Now, the pants were not his fault. They were not the company's fault. Eli's rear tire looked like it caught his butt and ripped open everything, you know, from the, the, the spinning tire. But nice way to start if you're that guy. We know these type of guys in the sport, and that's not a great way to start. The, the pants malfunctioning. They, weren't, they didn't malfunction. They broke because of the rear tire. But um, boy, oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they did break in a crash. But the bottom line is, I mean, we know, including one of the people on the line here, um, these people are very sensitive about their brand, so when the TV has a giant close-up of his oh fly unbuckled <laughs> and his pants un- or his fly unzipped and his pants unbuckled while riders are going by and points are slipping away, um, I'm sure they're not looking at it like, ah, no, we're good. It's just the rear tire, so we're fine. <laughs> they almost yeah. want to hire like a blimp to go around the stadium. It was the rear tire that caught the pants. But. Honestly, I think it, if you're Alpine Stars, it almost works out slightly for the better that he eventually ended up pulling off with the shoulder because, I mean, we probably all did. I know I, like even my dad was watching at home and was already making jokes about how the pants are going to cost him the title. So now it's really the pants were – he wasn't going to finish anyway, pants problem or not. So it takes a little stress off of those guys maybe. Weege, he pulled the whole shot. I know. Oh. I know. <laughs> I mean, that's just not his specialty. I mean, he's, he got much better with starts last year in a Supercross, but still not what you expect. This is how it's going to play out. It's going to play out with him probably racing this weekend, uh, you know, doing well, and Marv is going to be this machine that uh, racks up podiums, a la Ryan Dungey, and Eli Tomac's going to be fighting back from this 25-point deficit. Not 24 anymore, people. 25-point deficit. Until probably round eight, huh, JT? Round nine. And we'll probably see things get equaled out. I mean, I'm not saying for sure, but you could definitely see it playing out like that. Well, yeah, I mean, the the table set for it to be very similar to last year. You know, I, I firmly believe that Eli's the fastest guy in the class. And I firmly believe he was the fastest guy last year in the class. You know, especially once Roxon exited. So... If Marvin is the consistent one that you can count on to be there, a la Ryan Dungey, and Eli proves himself to be the fastest guy again that wins several races, yeah, we could we could be on for the you know the same scenario as last year. And, and all, of course, all of that is pending Eli Tomac being healthy because if he's not healthy, you're not going to see that blazing speed where he goes out and you know is winning races by 15 seconds. Yeah, Weege, uh, so to wrap the title up, Marvin only has to... <laughs> <laughs> if he goes 2-2-2, two, 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 Tomac... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, we all picked Tomac on the um, our preseason podcast here, and I don't know why, but we, we were, like, pre-defensive. Like, we spent the beginning of that podcast, like, trashing all the Roxon and Marvin fans and saying, like, this is ridiculous. But I have... I, okay, so we're saying it was crazy or it was shocking that Tomac crashed. If you're one of the people that was not on the Tomac train, if you're a Roxon guy, if you're a Muscan guy, whoever else, you're listening to this saying, what do you mean this is shocking? This is why anyone who wasn't picking Tomac wouldn't pick Tomac, because this, unfortunately, is not new. Like, we've seen Eli have it, this is all his, and then what the hell happens all the time. So I have a feeling there's people probably listening to this right now and saying, what's so shocking? This is, this is totally within the realm of what Tomac has done before. I mean, we did think he was going to win the race. Well, I get that. 
but there's going to be Tomac people out there that say this is what I thought would happen. He's a he's a three-time champion now, 250 motocross, 250 supercross, and 450 motocross. And generally speaking, these three-time champions, these guys that, that win all the races that he's won, are not doing this. So it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. We don't see inconsistencies from three-time champions outside of, like, well, I guess James Stewart we would, but... Outside oh, we've of seen this. Tomac elite. has won titles, but Tomac has also not yeah. won titles that you thought he would win because of things like this. So, mm-hmm. you know, there is some data out there. Um, Galdi, almost lost in all of this, is Marv's ride. Just, just, I mean, smooth, consistent. He didn't light the f- world on fire in the heats or, or practices or anything else. He was very good, don't get me wrong. But, you know, almost lost in all this was just Marv just saying, see you later. Yeah, I mean, he um, that offseason that everybody keeps talking about, he was so strong, everything was good. You guys uh, alluded in your podcast previous about the whoops in Paris there, but he destroyed everybody at Monster Cup. Uh, he's won all the offseason things, so coming in, it was you know sort of weird that, yeah, his day was, I think he got like fourth or fifth place time. He got fourth in his heat, and he just kind of looked like he was going on. The whoops didn't sort of cater to him in the jumping sense. That one, The set before the finish line did sort of work its way into that way, into the main events, yeah. but... He just did his thing, and then through that main event, all the cards went his way. The the pants blew open, the the door opened, and uh, boom, he was right there. And and you knew that he was going to get Barsha as well, because you could see Barsha just kind of trying to fit in. But he made that awesome set of passing. Yeah, it was uh, almost like a McElrath. It's like they hung out being buddies all day. Hey, man, by the way, you know we're at A1, but let's not really tell anybody. (laughs) And then when the checker flag flies, they'll all know what we've just done. It was uh, very secretly uh, uh, dominant. Started fifth. And and won the race. Yeah, that was, that was it. You know. So, well, JT, what do you think of Marv's ride? I thought he was great. I think um, he he did what Marv does. I, I thought his start was uh, a little underwhelming. I really expected him to be, and, and maybe he will. I think he'll be top three on the start at ninety percent of the races. I think that's a really strong suit for him, and I think along with his confidence, that's only going to help. Uh, but he he just rode like Marv does. He's in control. He's poised. Uh, he doesn't make big mistakes generally. He, he's a kind of a thinking man's racer. Um, you know, I think he was obviously fortunate with Tomac's mistake because there was no way in my mind he's catching Tomac. But I think if, if he left there with a second place, uh, with, you know, giving, giving Eli the whole shot, which we haven't seen a ton of and him getting not a great start, I think he would have been okay with that. So, he definitely got a gift. He got, you know, a 25-point gift. Uh, but even if he had gotten second and moved through the pack to get to second, I think he would have been okay with that. We had some interesting developments as Anderson was slowly catching Marv near the end. They both ride for Alden Baker, obviously, and they've, they've been training partners. But we we were keeping an eye on that. We, we've been hearing some stuff that could, could have made that really interesting had Anderson got closer. Yeah, and this is what we meant at the top of the show where the what we're hearing some off the track stuff is just as intriguing as on the track. Uh yeah, someone on Saturday morning was saying there's like major friction there and like major drama uh, behind the scenes. Uh then I heard other sources back that up but maybe make it not sound too bad, but for sure where there's smoke there's fire, there's something to it. People that told me are people that are involved enough to to know. So honestly, I just decided to nip it in the bud, and I saw Marvin at the end of the press conference, and I said, hey, can I ask you something? You know, not recording it, but just basically saying in general, like, all these people are saying there's major friction between you and Jason. Is there something to this, or is this just stupid rumors, and you want to shut this down right now? And he did say there's not major friction, but it is definitely different. They really didn't ride much together this mm-hmm. whole off season. And to Marvin's credit, you know, he didn't make it sound like Anderson's a jerk about it. 
he said, look, it was easy when we were both just chasing Ryan. There was no reason to have any problem. But now we both think that this could be our year to win the title. So it's just changed things a lot, which is understandable. Um, so Anderson had mentioned that he's, you know, riding in the West Coast a lot more. And I believe when he came back to Florida, he wasn't riding. You know, there's a second group that rides there with Tyler Rattray down there at Bakers with Dean Wilson and those guys, yeah. I think the TLD guys. So I think Anderson rode with them and not Marvin. So take that for what it will. But, yes, when it materialized that, oh, it's going to come down to these two to win the main event, it was definitely worth watching because I was wondering how badly Anderson wanted it. So, Probably pretty bad. So here I ask you, JT, are things getting burnt at the Baker's factory? <laughs> no, I, I think it's going to be – it's just going to be different Galdi, from year Galdi to year. liked that. Galdi really liked that. Wow, Galdi. <laughs> crispy. It's getting crispy over there. Uh, no, I, I think it's just it's just humanity and, and the reality of the situation. I think they've been very fortunate to avoid that in the past. Uh, but without a clear number one, I think this is what you run into because this is really the year, I think, where there hasn't been a clear one. We had Dungey, who was the returning champion. We had Bill Poto, who was the returning champion when he was still there. Uh, so, but this year, you know, I think Marvin has been favored by more people to be the title you know, guy, but I don't think Anderson feels that way. I, I think Anderson's like, why would he be favored over me? Like, right. you know, give me give me some legitimate reasons why. You know, well, I don't Marvin, I don't think he believes Marvin, that for a second. Yeah, Marvin beat him in probably twelve of the seventeen rounds last year. You know, that would be my reasoning. Well, <laughs> but I think Anderson has been. You know, he he won a one a couple years ago. I think yeah. Anderson's been in the realm. He had multiple two fifty titles as well. I just don't think Anderson would agree with that. So, when you have that uncertainty at the top, both of them that were scrambling. You know, to be that number one guy, I just think it's I think it's more of the norm than what we've seen from the Baker's factory in the past. Oh, yeah. I've marveled at how they've been able to manage that in the past. This is a little bit more of what I would have expected from the beginning. Yeah, interesting uh, subplot to keep an eye on uh, throughout this year and see what happens. Um, all right, uh, we each. Justin Barsha. Yeah. Justin Barsha. Uh. Look, I mean, I could just be all positive like most people in a situation would be and be like, ah, oh, good to see he's back, but I need to first say that I did not expect this. Uh, at least for one race, I've been totally proven wrong, but that's really all that matters because I just said I, don't, I haven't seen those flashes. I didn't know he had those flashes in him. So even if it's just one result, that makes me wrong. I did not think he had this in him anymore. And it's not just the main. It's not just the start. I mean, he rode awesome from the beginning of the day, heat race, and honestly, you look at the last three laps of the main, and he had the leaders in sight. Yep. And remember, you know, Marvin has been winning a ton of races, and Anderson's been finishing second in a ton of races to Marvin lately. For Barsha to be in that situation, you know, the next time he's finally up there again, maybe as soon as this weekend, he's going to be better. I'm sure it was somewhat, um, he, you know, new territory. He hasn't been up front in a Supercross in years. Look, he qualified third. He, got, he won his heat, and he got third in the main event. Like... Yeah, this wasn't a fluke. He just got a start and Tomac crashed, and no. he hung in there. He no. was riding awesome. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised, and I'm going to just say that. So And, and, and yeah. uh, after shitting on Barsha all offseason, <laughs> you, you, yeah. you got a hug from the mom even. So you're back in. Well, I was really scared, and really all it comes down to is you just run through and say, do they listen to these podcasts or not? That's what it all comes down to. But they 100%. do. But they do. Apparently not. <laughs> well, maybe not over there, but but lots of people do. So, but uh, Galdi, uh, without the Tomac drama, Barsha is the story 
Oh, one, of, of A1. 100%. Uh, we, that, uh, in the middle of the day there, we were all hanging out at the Yamaha camp, uh, camp talking to the marketing guy, and it was kind of all Cooper Webb talk, really. You know, he's really happy about the bike, and the, the bike, the bike, the bike, and, and a lot of stuff there. And they even then weren't really kind of given, you know, not that we were asking the questions either, but he, as soon as he hit the track, it looked like, wow, you know, and, and uh, I'm not too sure of you guys, but I was watching him kind of right away. I was, I was, I'm not a huge fan, I would say, but I've always uh, intrigued of what he does, and his career has kind of been doing this downward spiral, but all day long, he just the track catered to him. His corner speed was good. He was good in the whoops. He looked comfy. He was throwing the bike around, and then, boom, drops a third-place time, wins that heat. And I think that heat right there, he came back, and he was like, I'm yeah. back. Bam, yeah. bam, like he came into the thing, and, yeah. you know, just boom, boom. And then he got the start in the main, and, you know, the, like the Tomac thing happens, and he was good. Like, it was... You know, you guys see him a lot more than I do, and uh, it was exciting to see. And it, it's going to be cool now. Obviously, everybody's going to follow it. Can he do it again? Is yeah. he going to be the same guy? Can he get the start? And now it's so early on, but he's a title threat. JT, you know how these people um, who who they they take these tigers and lions in as pets, you know, and then one day one day they <laughs> like maul Scarface? them. What? Like Scarface? Yeah, I don't know if he had okay. one. Did he? Mike Tyson. Tyson. And then some of these people, they get all of a sudden the tiger just just eats them one day, right? And everybody goes, "Yeah, you know the tiger went tiger, like he went crazy." Yep. Well, oh, Tiger Woods, Anderson passes Barsha in the main, and Justin goes right to the inside. I think it was Anderson. Was it Anderson? Right. Uh, to, no, yeah. it was when it was when Marv got him. Marv got it was him. When Marv got him. Marv gets him, and he goes right to the inside before the finish line, right? As as if mm-hmm. like he's got like he, he just had just gotten past, and now he's going right inside the finish line. And was like his reaction was, I'm going to go inside to the next turn and take this guy out or hit him. And but he, then he couldn't do the finish. And then Anderson got him. And it's like he just went to his old reactions. He went, he went back to being a lion, where he was just like, Ah, I'm going to go to the inside here before the finish. I just thought that was funny. I'm like, no, don't do that. You know, you couldn't jump the finish, and it, you know. Yeah. So I, uh, thought, I thought it was funny. It, uh, it, it he was a story, and it was very good. And I just showed you all those facts to back up his third. At the same time, though, JT, Anaheim 1 is weird. It can be weird. It can be weird. It's not always weird. It can be. Is this where we're going to talk about the transfer power? Or <laughs> Well, actually, I for, I'd forgotten about that, but go ahead, Weege. Well, first of all, I do want to say the Barsha thing, I think the real question coming out of Barsha now is, like, is this a huge – okay, <clears throat> so KTM could have had him if they wanted him, right? They chose to go with Brock Tickle. We've talked about that. Obviously, JGR had him. Didn't work out at all. So here's the fundamental question. Did those two teams screw up and they're like, this is what you could have had and you weren't able to make the most of it like Yamaha was? Or, or, as some people were alluding to, like David Villeman on Twitter, that Barsha wasn't available. This is the, I didn't get a ride, now I'm desperate, now I'm hungry, Justin Barsha. And had he gotten rides with those teams, he wouldn't have done this. Like, how, what was motivating this? I, I would go with theory number two myself. You would, okay. I would, but yeah. we'll see, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 obviously, I haven't been 100% Barsha supporter, but I never heard no. that he was lazy. I never thought he was lazy and wasn't trying. No. So, so I don't know if I agree with that, but... We'll never know for sure. Like if KTM had just put him in Tickle's spot and he was never a privateer or never thought he was going to go to Anaheim without a ride at all. I mean, he has a a six-race deal right now for people who don't remember. 
So, yeah, I think it's going to be more. I think that's yeah, extended. No, I think it's it's. Can we? JT, He's getting seven now for sure. JT, can we officially <laughs> say that's been extended? <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Um, and even if 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 the, the Davy comes back, there might be just a third bike. Yeah, we're just going to build a third bike. Um, yeah. But are you going with transfer power weed or no? You're not going to go with that stupid. Well, no, no. It's. I, I mean, this. I've been proven right so perfectly here. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm going with it. You have to go with it. I mean, it couldn't be better. You would be an idiot. Marcia, it all fell apart at round two in 2014. We've discussed transfer power on here many times. Anaheim won in 2014. He smoked James Stewart in a heat race. He came from last to fifth in the main, and everybody's like, look out, round two. If Barsha gets a start, he's going to win this race, and he's taking this title. And in round two, indeed, he's doing that. He's marching through the pack. Phoenix. He catches a leader, Justin Brayton, who's yeah. never won a race before. You're like, Barsha's going to pass him. He's going to win. He's going to be the points leader. This is over. And then Barsha has someone Barsha him. Brayton puts him into the tough blocks. Barsha completely falls apart and has literally never been the same rider since. And then what happened on Saturday night? <laughs> <laughs> what happened in the heat race? This is your Who does Barsha block pass to take the lead in the heat race and then take off and become a winner again? Brayton. This, this, is, your party in, this is your party in Temecula theory. It really is. It's partying, Circle is complete. It's partying I feel Temecula. bad for Brayton now. The right. power has been removed. Do you, what do you think Coy, sitting on a pile of Dada's money, <laughs> watching, watching Brayton and Barsha take off with that heat? <laughs> Well, oh, why don't you just it. save that for the hill part of this podcast? Oh, yeah, maybe we will. Um, I saw Coy in the airport Sunday morning, and the very first thing he volunteered was, Barsha Road good? Yeah. Like, it's just like, it's on your, it's like tattooed on your forehead. Like, you're going to yeah. have to adjust well, address this topic. He so just get it out of the way. He was giddy after the show, after the night show, Coy Gibbs was, because he found out that, and I didn't know this, but does Aaron Hansel have a journalism degree? Yeah, he actually does. Well, Coy yeah. just found out. And he is ecstatic that there's another one in the pits. Brandon Lutz is the other. And I do not have that. And I, I, am, I am fake and I am not real. And he is very happy about that. Um, okay, so on a serious note, though. So Barsha, Barsha, Barsha. Rode great. Got third. Won the heat. Looked amazing. So JT, the number one guy on that team, who is now number two in the, in the pits, um, that was not good. He was up to six, Cooper Webb, and he slipped way back, and we're not sure anymore. And then when you want to talk about the bike, there's the 51. So that was not good. Either Cooper Webb or Blake Baggett were the guys that made you scratch your head. Yeah, with Webb, you know, I think we, we talked about this a little bit on our <clears throat> Pulp MX Fantasy podcast. You kind of know what you're going to get with him if you watch practice. If things are clicking and he's comfortable, he's going to show you right away, and that tends to carry him throughout the night. If he's not, it's kind of written all over his, both his pace and his body English on the bike, and that's kind of what we saw. I, I remember watching in practice, and he was kind of bouncing you know, 10, 11, 12 in practice from what I remember, and he just didn't look like he was super aggressive or you know, you always look for that guy that's – he gets on the board and then he gets knocked down and then he's able to get back on the board and get knocked down. That's, that's really the trend you want to have. Even if you're not the fastest guy, you're able to, to kind of generate more speed and get back in the mix. And then even if you get knocked down, you're like, all right, I have some more. I'll jump back, jump back up there. And he didn't seem to have that all day. So, 
you know, I don't know if it's the bike or if it's the track conditions. Um, you know, it seemed to be really temperamental with each track and each scenario last year. So uh, maybe it'll be more of the same. Maybe we'll go to a softer event like Oakland or somewhere, and he'll be right back in the mix. But it wasn't good. Uh, he, he certainly wasn't in that top five mix that we've seen him. Even though he made a pass on the last corner and moved up a spot, um, it wasn't what I'm sure Yamaha was hoping for from him. No. No, not at all. Um, yeah, we'll I see. ran into um, uh, Doc G leaving the stadium, actually, walking into the parking lot. And he said that riders are so nervous at this race that he has to do extra work because everybody's – it literally – the mental part literally is physical. Dudes are more tight in general. And the one rider he named that he was just so ridiculously arm-pumped all day was Cooper Webb. So there's a chance this is an Anaheim one thing. Was Dr. Pepper there too? I mean, I know your feelings. Okay. I'm just saying, right. no, no, someone no. from the Cooper Webb camp saying that he was not himself that day. <clears throat> um, Take that for what it's worth. JT, I, ran, I talked to some guys on the, <clears throat> excuse me, on the Rocky Mountain KTM team, and they were saying, yep, remember Hangtown last year where all of us went, what's wrong with Blake Baggett? Remember that? And I said, yeah. Yep. And, and they said, uh, yeah, I think we got the same deal here. We got the same deal here with Blake Baggett. Just, uh, you know, arm pump and tight, nervous, whatever. Yep. And he'll yeah, be I, I wrote about this um, for an article tomorrow. But if you look at Blake um, and whether it's at the first round of a series or not, I went back a few years and every Anaheim, he's been terrible. Whether it's A1 or A2 or A3. He's not good at Anaheim, so I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if it's track conditions. I don't know if it's mentally. He's just stressed out about it being early in the series or what. Uh, but his average finish over for the first round was really, really high comparatively to the rest to of the how season. he did, yeah, to the rest of them. Yeah, so he he was averaging. I have to go back and look at my notes, but I want to say it was somewhere around tenth place. Uh, and then his average finish for the rest of the series of those years was like sixth. So. Uh, it was very reminiscent of Anaheim last year. Lots of expectations. Didn't meet up to those. Same thing for Hangtown, even higher. And he didn't ride to where he was capable of. So I don't think it's anything to freak out about. Um, it's, it's more of just a 12th place finish really puts you in a hole when you're trying to be you know, a top three guy in the points. So um, when I left on Saturday night, they were still in a meeting, um, just trying to sort through what was what and, and what was a real scenario and what was just you know, him being nervous or whatever. So I'm sure it'll get better. It just wasn't an ideal Saturday night. Cooper Webb or Blake Baggett, who was more disappointing? Man, I think it was about the same. Yeah. I think it would just depend on who you talk to because if you talk to Forrest or anybody connected to that team, you would say for sure it was Blake because they expect him to be at the front, and then I'm sure Yamaha would say it was Cooper because, you know, it's all perspective, I think. The Yamaha guys were too drenched in champagne from Barsha. <laughs> right, but I think from the outside it was kind of the right. same thing. Um, Weege, uh, I'll get with Golly next, but uh, Weege, uh, Roxon got fourth, closing in on Barsha at the end. He got better the more laps he put in. He qualified fastest, by the way. He snuck it in on the last lap. Nothing wrong or nothing bad to say about the 94th night, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd say that's about ideal. I mean, I did believe that there was a chance he was going to come out and win Anaheim 1, um, just because that's the kind of guy I think he is. But, uh, yeah, this is... Really, really, there's not much to say. And I would say if you're him, that's exactly what you wanted. You want to have the least drama, yep. get through it. Kenny, as we know, is probably maybe the most mentally strong and confident of anybody out there. But I've got to think, even he could not be immune 
just the fact that uh, what was running through his own mind, and then the outside stuff. I mean, he was being hounded all weekend, I think, by every press and sponsor person and everybody in his group. I mean, it had to be a bit overwhelming, uh, um, even for him. I, I I was surprised he got that fast up. I wasn't watching it uh, out there, but generally speaking, he was never near the top of the boards um, all day long in practice, and then he snuck that one in there, so props to him. JT, I thought he just um, – I think he wrote a bit more reserved – than we saw from Kenny before. Not as aggressive and as scrubbing as much and as, uh, you know, just real in control, calm, and fast. Yeah, he, he said as much going in. You know, you never know what to believe with these guys if, if it's just, you know, uh, PR or if they really believe that or what's going to happen with the gate drops. But he did say going in that he was just trying to get through it and, you know, he learned from last year that, you know, nothing for the series can be won at this first round and he just wanted to get a solid you know, night in and, and keep the ball rolling. And that's really what we saw from him. I didn't see him take any big chances. I didn't see him really get out of shape much. Um, you know, the start definitely hurt him for sure. He was getting bounced around on that first lap, which mm-hmm. I was watching pretty closely. But once he settled in, he made, you know, moves forward. And, you know, I don't think a fourth was exactly what he had in mind. Uh, but I think yep. having a solid night and moving forward was. Uh, Galdi, his opening Two, three laps was impressive. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, those guys weren't on his level, but the way he was quickly getting through them. He was just zapping those guys. Like JT said, he didn't get that start, and he got kind of shuffled. And then once he kind of fell in, he was able to get – it was like Brayton and Seeley and Martin. Pike, uh, not, not So Pike was later on, but uh, he, yeah. he got them right away. Like it was a straightaway into the turn, got the guy. Um, but one thing we did miss, and I think all of us missed it watching, it was in the TV show, where Dean Wilson crashed. He His rear wheel skipped off that double out yeah. before that triple, and he had a, a real quick moment. He made a save, and he had to roll the first one double out. And he had just got past Seeley and Martin and then lost both those positions back. Um, so that yeah. could have, you know, gave him that, that extra little bit of track where he might have been able to hunt down Barsha towards the end. But like you guys said, he looked like, uh, like uh, uh, we were saying about, you know, everybody thought, yeah, he could win this thing. Man, he was a calm, he looked like a full veteran. Just sort of wrote it out, did what he wanted to do, did what he needed to do, got yeah. the points. Confidence is probably high. Like, uh, you know, you, you got to think that stuff did get to him. Like, he was the story. Everybody wanted it and everything. And he looked great, right, from everything. And, yeah, the fast lap obviously was sort of continuing on. I was like, oh, my God, this guy's going to yeah. win this. You know, Rocky's going to come out of the crowd, and, and <laughs> it's just going to blow the roof off this thing. He's going to win it. But, yeah, he was super um, a veteran-type racer right there. It was awesome to see. And, you know, you, you can't not be a fan of it. For sure you wanted to see a podium or even win, but was, that fourth is Gawley was good. a fan of his gear, JT, his his night show gear with the red sleeve. I thought that was kind of. Co- I don't. I still want to know what the colors represent, but I th- I think they should have gone with like the Terminator thing, like the half arm from Terminator Two. I think that yeah, would I look thought cooler. so too. I thought it would be like a Luke Skywalker or Terminator. Yeah, there you go. Arm. That, I thought that would have been cool. Yeah. Well, if, if Pete was still there, there'd be a Luke Skywalker arm on there, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Um, hey, uh, Weston. Yeah, Galdi. Oh. By the way, yeah, I'm glad Galdi brought up that near crash that we did get to see on TV. <laughs> I mean, that had to scare the crap out of him. I mean, right? you know yeah. exactly how he ends up getting hurt. He basically gets flung over a triple without his bike. And, I mean, honestly, if he didn't get back in control and get in the brakes there. That same thing could have happened. I mean, he was feet off the pegs heading to the face of a triple. Um, had to be a scary moment for him. I mean, obviously, he rode good after that. But I can't imagine what was running through his mind in those moments before and after. Um, yeah, it was, it was uh, yep. But you it know was what? very similar. But hey, but maybe it gave him some confidence in his arm and strength and everything, right? Because it was that kind of crash where he had to hold on and straighten it up. So, 
Uh, or, uh, I think, but it's just a reminder of you can try to be as calm as you want, but you're, this is the crap that it could happen again. Uh, yeah, JT. A wide, wild tech crash could happen at any time. Fly Racing's Weston Pike, JT. He was good. Good start. He was and really good. Yep. Yeah, I was, uh, I was really impressed with him. Um, I don't think it was flashy. Like, there was so much with Tomac going on, and there were so many other storylines that I think it unfortunately got just kind of pushed to the wayside. But that was a really, really solid ride. And he was in the mix with, you know, not maybe for the win, but he wasn't that far behind those guys. Um, it's unfortunate that he wasn't a bigger headline leaving the weekend. But, man, he, he deserves it. He rode really, really well. Um, you know, I, I thought it was funny. I interviewed him after the race, and he admitted the track was super easy, and which Anaheim ones are. He admitted mm-hmm. the track was basic, and that start meant everything to him. You know what I mean? Like, he was like – like, he's happy. He was pumped, but he's like, yeah, I got the start, and, and that track was, you know, I could pin it on that track. So, you know, he realizes that, I think. I don't know. You know, some yeah, guys – he, you know, yeah. he's always been good at A1 for whatever reason. Has he? Tough yeah. track, easy track. He just seems like he's always prepared, and I don't know if it's just because he's mentally – uh, I think he's pretty mentally tough. Like I don't think anybody ever intimidates him, or I don't think he is. Mm-hmm. The moment's ever too big for him, from what I've seen. But it just doesn't seem to phase him. He always just kind of comes out and does what he does, and he hovers around that five to seven every single year for A one, which is awesome. Uh, J Mark got a good start. I interviewed him after the race, and he was happy. He wasn't super pumped, you know what I mean? But he was like, "Yeah, I got a little tired. The four fifty threw me around a little bit." He got a good start from outside again, so uh, he's got he's got that going on for him. Uh, Grant was steady with a ninth. Tickle, uh, Tickle's heat race crash might have done him in for the night. Right, Galdi? Like we were t- kind of talking about that. I mean, he gets a start, which is something like he never really ever seems right. to always have. But now he gets that start, and you're like, oh, boom. KTM, here we go on the Alden program. And uh, he's pulling away. It looked like it was in the bag. And then all of a sudden, yeah. I actually didn't really kind of see how it happened. But over the berm, it wasn't a big, big crash. But, yeah, like it just sort of shut down that confidence it looked like he had in those first three or four laps of that qualifier. Because I think if he had done that, right, he gets a better uh, gate pick. Yep. And not that I don't think it was huge on that start, but it just, going into that main, he would have felt great. The confidence would have been high. So, yeah, that sort of set the tone. And then he started, I, th- I think he was outside the top ten. Um, and I, th- I believe he did go down in the main event or had a big mistake where he lost a few, three or four positions. But um, solid, I suppose. It's sort of, he finishes right where he kind of seems to. He was 17th off the first lap. Well, there you go. Yeah, so it was the start that, that bit um, him. So to finish 8th is, is super respectable. And he did, did kind of what you guys always say. He can start 17th, finish 8th. He'll start 5th, finish 8th. So same, well, same as always. And uh, so we each, Chad Reed. Chad Reed. I was expecting him to be a little frustrated after the race. You know, his injury, he's barely got any time on the bike, but he was happy. He was At least that's what he put out there, was that he was happy. So Reed was 15th, going with Ben LeMay and Cunningham. <laughs> Alex Ray was stoked that he passed him back. He passed Chad. He was unbelievably happy. I mean, I guess if that's what – I mean, he's so far behind. But Chad Reed got yeah, 15th. Yeah, I think, that yeah. Indica- I think that's yeah. what that is. I think that just indicates, as we knew – how bad he is physically right now. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think he's putting a happy face on it. I think he knew, man, Dude. am I going to even be able to make this main, and am I even going to be able to do the laps? And he did those two. So how, many times, he, how many times did he ride around the whoops in practice? Yeah, and I mean, that's probably more times than he has in his entire career. <laughs> right, yeah, probably, and right. he was jumping them later on in the evening as yeah. well. So that was a, right. a lot of new things that you see from yeah. that guy. Oh, it was, uh, it was yeah. a rough start, but he was in a good mood, and he'll get better from here, I guess. He said he <laughs> – this is so Chad. 
This is so Chad after the race. He said, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was second highest Husky, wasn't I? <laughs> Wait, and he also did he say something about the points from Tomac? Yeah, I got, got more points than the, I got more points than Tomac. <laughs> I got <laughs> or the favorite or something like that. I got more points than the favorite. So I was second highest Husky, JT. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> he was. You cannot cannot take that away from him. I just thought I'm it was funny. I'm not surprised he didn't. He did he say any? He did not indicate anything like. While he was being lapped, he really wasn't impressed with how those guys are riding. Nothing like that. You know what? He didn't throw that in, but that would have also been a typical. Yes, absolutely. That would have been yes. another another thing that he would have said for sure. Yes, yes. yes. we were yes. we were missing the. You know what? Yeah, they weren't going that fast. Yeah, yeah. Well, he could have alluded to that. I don't know if you guys caught it on the lap that Marvin lapped him. He lapped him down, passed in front of the mechanics area around the first mm-hmm. turn, and Marvin almost did a little tomac. He slid and kind of screwed up the rhythm. And Chad was there, and he ended up going three three, and he ended up passing him back, and he had to open the door up again. So he kind of like, okay, I, I still got a little bit here. I got Marv right there, so we we, we still yeah. got it. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't use that. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. That would have just completed the Chad Reed experience yeah. right there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, JT, it's going to be a rough start for him. You know. It's going to be difficult. Um, you know, I give him credit for being out there. Uh, it certainly didn't look like the Chad Reed that we're all used to. I think the difficult part is that, you know, if, if he came into it healthy and, you know, he was just, he, you know, he's overweight, as he even said. Um, you know, you can just visually see that. And he's not in shape and he hasn't been riding. And we get all that. Um, I think the toughest part is that he's not going to be able to just come out and go riding today like everybody else is. I think he's going to be trying to just get that thing calmed down because he for sure did a lot of, I don't want to say damage, but, you know, definitely uh, aggravated that thing. And it's going to be sore and swollen and all kinds of stuff this week. So it's not like he's just going to be able to go out there and be riding all week to, to build his base and to get stronger and better and testing and all those things. He's just going to be trying to manage the injury. So, I think it's going to be tougher than most people are thinking for him to start improving simply because he's not going to be able to put in a lot of laps during the week. He's just going to be trying to get through the weekends, I think, for a while. You know who's stepping up and helping him, though? Weege, do you know? Imagine. Do you know? Dr. Seuss? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Pibb. Weege, have you heard this? No. No. He changes, uh, he changes plans? He was going to go back to Florida? He changes plans? Red Bull is stepping up. He is going to the Red Bull? Training facility. Ooh. Oh, I didn't know. I did kind of know that, but I didn't oh. know that it was okay. going to be known. Oh. Well, should, yeah. should I not have said that? I didn't know if it was official Red Bull or not, or if it was, like, Just, Red Bull, this is one of the only companies on earth that would actually, like, it doesn't have any Red Bull logos on them. Is right? that in the same spot where James is right now? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. He's yeah. Gonna, it's going to be like a... like a, a, a reunion? They're going to fire back up, like, 09 and get some blood flowing and... <laughs> James and Chad are at the Red Bull facility right now getting ready. Um, I, I did hear from our buddy Jeremy at Red Bull that they did have some guys working with him, but I didn't know if that was like in a, an official Red Bull capacity or if this is like the, uh, you know, well, you always hear like engineers have like their secret project they work on on the weekends. I didn't know how official it was. Well, maybe I shouldn't have said that. I don't know. Anyways, Red Bull stepping up to help out the ankle. Uh, yeah. What do you think of his VIP program, Weege? What do you think? Oh, just, I mean, it's about time somebody started doing something like that. They got radios. They got radios. They were listening to Goose all day. They were giving Goose tips. Oh, God. Is he, is, is, JT, you still there? 
<laughs> I heard a click. I'd like to see you guys say this if he were in studio. I would like to see you guys make this joke. <laughs> you ever see like the tables get overturned? Like like a. <laughs> you guys are real cocky yeah. on the other side of a phone. Right, uh, JT. Most surprising man in the main event. Most surprising guy in the main event for you. Uh, just finish or the no no guy that yeah qualified? just 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 in yep because I got a few a few guys in mind just just in the main and how they rode. Um. Hmm. Most surprising guy that qualified Tedder, maybe. I was gonna go with Ben LeMay. Oh, I, I not me. Ben looked Ben looked good all day. I thought I watched him in practice. No, 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 solid. no. I I didn't mean like I just meant all day. Like the most surprising guy, Ben LeMay would make your cut then. Yeah, but he's he's been around so long, and he's got so many good finishes under his belt. Um, uh-huh. It wasn't that shocking to me. Okay. Um, what do you think, Galdi? Uh, the Tedder one, uh, I mean, I was talking about this, actually. I could side with JT on the Ben LeMay. He's got that experience. But uh, if you, the Tedder one, for sure, because has he even – he's made one? I think he's made one for the main. Like in his four. career, yeah. right? Yep. Um, so that one, I mean, you could say deuce-deuce as well, because I think the shocker was he got it right out of the heat. Right? Uh, who fell? Uh, yeah, it was right near the Benny. end. Benny. Benny, Benny Bloss. That's what it yep. was, Benny yep. Bloss. Yep. Yep. Benny Bloss. Um, but, but anyways, yeah, seven deuce deuce riding into the main. And how is Bloss, JT? Do we know? I don't know. He was gone. I, I think he hit his head, but he was gone before I got back to the truck, so I, I really don't know at this point. Okay. So we don't know if he's in for Houston or not. Um, Bowers was good. Jay, uh, also, Bowers was good. So. Yeah, solid. Yep. I mean, it's, it's A1. You know, I don't think you can draw – conclusions from a1 just because it's a1 and everything mm-hmm. seems all cattywampus um oh. but i mean he's obviously going to be i think he'll be a main event guy every week and the closer he can get to being a top 10 guy the you know the better do you want to know bowers attitude right now uh he's not going this weekend to houston he's going to race in germany but i asked i asked him his 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 program and he said well first three or four and i'll probably be a fill-in by then I'm like, whoa, whoa, the bear coming in hot. So I think that's a pretty fair assumption, though. Uh, okay. If you don't yeah. have, yeah. if you don't have deals that you're tied to, and I mean, look, we already, you know, Tomac, who knows, uh, Dean Wilson, who knows, you know. So I don't think that's a that's an unfair mm-hmm. assumption at all. He's he might be the most eligible and most qualified guy that doesn't have a ride. You know, I don't know what Mookie's deal is, dude. What Mookie is notwithstanding? What is Mookie doing? I don't know. He was, he was bicycling. He was bicycling know. Saturday morning on his Instagram story. <laughs> Did you hear JT's? I don't know. Weege. It was one of <laughs> exasperation. It was exa- that's what it was. Um, you know this. This goes to the point that people keep making about Mookie, though. Uh, if a, if a uh, Phil and Rye gets handed out and it ends up going to Bowers instead of Mookie, this is what people are saying. Bowers is putting himself out there. Dean Wilson put himself out there last year. Barsha put himself out there last year. They spent their own money to get their own bikes and go to a race and basically put up the for hire sign. Uh, now, you could kind of say that Mookie did that. He did have a team together last year, and I guess he was planning on doing it this year. So he somewhat did it, but he didn't do it to the same degree that these guys did, and they're the ones that maybe end up with the rides. It's funny because Chad's – I talked to Chad – and I said, why not sit out and get healthy? And he just was like, no, Anaheim 1 is where I got to be. Like, I, I've, uh, I've got sponsors and uh, i got people here, and, and I, I, I got to make Anaheim 1. I can't rest up. 
And and Mookie's attitude seems to be, I don't haven't spoken to him, but it seems to be I don't need no. to be at Anaheim one. It was exactly well, I think there's I think there are financial reasons behind yeah. you know that claim too. Um, you can't just say, Well, I gotta be there. Like it, there there are financial reasons and clauses and races missed and all kinds of things that are that are yeah. you know and Mookie's like making eh. Chad show up and right. be there. And Mookie's like, eh, whatever. All right, so Yeah, um, but I would argue that see that that's the that's the point. Like of course that's contractual in business because that is the race that has the most attention and that's where you need to see and be seen and two years in a row no Mookie I think that's an example of why the things keep not working out for him like Bowers made it happen Wilson made it happen these guys got themselves at the gate and if Barsha didn't have the Yamaha ride he would have been there too you think that seven you think seven would fine Mookie if he for not being at a (laughs) one but when these rides are getting handed out he's not getting them Oh, I agree with you. I, I think yeah. absolutely. If you yeah. want to be out there and you want to be the number one guy that for any fill-in, you've got to be out who, there auditioning for who's it. The guy, I believe that. Who, who's the guy yeah. who played Kramer? What's his name? Kramer, the actor. Michael, Michael Richards. Richards. Worst career management, Mookie Stewart or Michael Richards? <laughs> oh, I, I don't want to combine those two in any way, shape, or form. Good point, T.T. Stay out of there, Mathis. Good God. Yeah. No, listen, I'm just, uh, yeah, it's just stupid. That's a tough link. Um, okay, so... Jay uh, Weege, most surprising guy in the main event for you? Uh, in the main, I was actually going to go with, with LeMay uh, also. Okay. Yeah, he does have experience, and he's had some good finishes through the years. But I also feel like I've seen the guy struggle, have bad races too. And I feel like watching him ride, this is one of the better any, rides I've seen him put on. Any chance that Chad knew who Ben LeMay was, JT? <laughs> uh, I would think so. They were battling quite a bit, so he probably figured it out. <laughs> there it is. This is this going to be your all year long, everybody. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's take. Well, who wants to touch on RV and all the things he's done? Yamaha, apparently. Well, I was I was at the press conference. Oh, I was there, right? I I was like, I thought they were launching the sixty five, which was the rumor. <laughs> Goldie was there for his kid. More yeah, yeah. I wanted to see the sixty five. You know, front of, I was going to put my kid's resume in the mix, and. Uh, <laughs> Then I see Kiefer right away, and he's like, hey, what's up, man? I'm like, well, what do you think this is? He's like, oh, I think they're launching some electric bike. And then, boom, here comes the... Electric bike? Yeah, some, not like a dirt bike, oh. some bicycle thing, okay. because they did have some underneath yeah. that other side tent. Yep. And then um, we're all there, and, and uh, this Mike guy comes out, and he starts talking, and then all of a sudden, holy crap. Like, oh. everybody, everybody there in the media thing was like, wow. And there's the redhead, monster-wearing hat, and RV in blue. Yeah. So, uh, not an ambassador, though. Not. Not an ambassador. Not an ambassador. That's a big thing. Make sure you media guys get that. Better than me. I didn't even, Mike, the Yamaha guy, told me to be there at 9 o'clock Saturday, and I had all this work to do back at the hotel, and I was like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to make it. But I really wasn't super motivated because I didn't think 65 or electric bike. I thought it was going to be like, yeah, our Yamaha Blue Crew contingency card is now Visa, not MasterCard, and new <laughs> low finance. Like, he told me about... It on Friday, like, be here Saturday, but he did not at all let on to how shocking this news would be. So I'm like, I got more interviews to transcribe here. If I make it, I make it. I well, wish, now I wish I had. The real media is obviously in Canada. Yeah, guaranteed MX made it. Guaranteed. Hot takes. Guaranteed. Yep. Guaranteed was Brad to be, there? <laughs> guaranteed to be there. Uh, yeah, I believe. Brad uh, was there. Yeah, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> no, real media is there. Yeah. Pulp MX did not make it. Yep, Pulp MX, Racer X, we didn't get it done. I was uh, getting a tour of the, uh, the coffee. Machine at New Cali truck. <laughs> New coffee machine, RV, making yeah. a huge there, announcement. No, ah, no. This coffee machine is blowing my mind. Important <laughs> things. All right, everybody, we're going to take a commercial break or anything else about 450 class before we go. Did Cowie, did Cowie introduce you to the coffee machine to purposely keep you out of the Villapoto 
announcement. I brought up Villapoto's name before the announcement, and they either didn't know or played dumb very well. They had no <laughs> clue, it seemed like, that he was going to be introduced in probably 15 minutes from the moment I brought it up. So, I don't know. What about these, JT? You're not that happy, are you, JT, with these guys and their ambassador roles? Uh, I don't know if it's not happy. I don't really get it. I don't. Right. I don't you don't I get think it. Part so, of yes. the, I think part of the process to be a brand ambassador is you have to have history and credibility from your involvement there, mm-hmm. which I don't know. I mean, RV is a very credible guy. I just don't think the brands that he's aligned with, he has credibility as being part of those. So Yeah, you're looking at it from know. a brand's point of view, not his point of view necessarily. Yeah, I don't know how to phrase it, but it's just right. it's a very strange combination when you when you're trying to, you know, lend credibility to a brand, that's why you're a part of it. It, but would, it would be will, it would be like you guys hiring Nick Way instead of Andrew Short. Yeah, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I mean everybody everybody makes their own decisions yeah. and and I'm sure there are new fans to the sport that have no idea and they're just like, "Oh yeah, this stuff must be good because he says it is." You know? So I, I get that side too. It's just I look at it kind of sideways a little bit just because it doesn't make total sense to me. It's not something I would necessarily want to do, um, but I can get it on some level. Yeah. Well, they said if he wants a piano, he's he's going to get a piano. <laughs> whatever he wants from Yamaha, they, the Mike Mike Ulrich said. Whatever he wants. Piano, all right. stereo, or a side-by-side. Um, all right, anything else on 450s before we go? We're already stretching long, everybody. So, uh, All right, listen to this commercial from Racetech, folks. Pulpamex18 is the code. Uh, we'll be right back here on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Alpine Stars and Maxxis Tires. Racetech suspension and engines, people. Pulpamex18 is the code to save. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Racetech specializing in high-performance suspension, parts, service, and setups, modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Racetech, guys like the HEP Suzuki team, and many more in the pits use Racetech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpamex18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, Racetech.com. Do it. Maxxis Tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. And we're back. FlyRacing.com, everybody. Please check them out. You guys had some uh, nice-looking gear, JT, at A1. Looked good. Guys are, were looked tight, I thought. So good job on that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it was. Uh, we didn't do anything crazy with LE or anything like that. Yep. Um, we just you know, tried to put our best foot forward. We will have LE stuff moving forward. Um, and just A1 wasn't on our calendar for it. And uh, please check out uh, FlyRacing.com for what you need outside of uh, of. Uh, Motocross gear and mountain bike stuff. They got snowmobile stuff, Goldie, which you're from Canada. So yeah, actually, uh, you guys help out Brock Hoyer, their gold medalist. He's got a full fly kit and stuff. It looks good. Yeah, Brock, oh, yeah. he's wearing fly stuff up there. I don't think he is. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, unless he just bought it for his kid too. I don't know. Oh, I think you got right. the wrong company. Man, Goldie. it's early in I the day, and I haven't even. That's not drinking either. Uh, okay, and also too, uh, uh, Maxis Tires and Alpine Star. A4 chest protector is out for the Alpine Star guys. And Jeremy McGrath using Max's tires. A tire coming out for those guys as well. JT, or Ouija, we talked to MC 
And uh, you had a very, very important question for Jeremy McGrath. Yeah, every year we have a press conference for Anaheim. No, no one talked crap. Uh, then people complain that it's boring. It's just this is like tradition. It was like we, this is how it goes. We have Christmas, we have New Year's, we have fans complaining that they don't talk shit in the press conference. It's a, it's a three. It's like celebrities die in threes. Well, these things have to happen. Um, now I entertain. It's not that the riders are boring. I'm like, if no riders ever talk crap, clearly it's something about the event that's preventing it. You just don't coincidentally all 50 riders who have been a part of this press conference for 20 years all happen to be boring, and we just haven't found that magic guy. Um, so I said, look, you had more right than anyone to talk crap. Why didn't you do it? And, I mean, basically every rider I've asked about it just was like, dude, you're nervous enough. Why are you putting a target on your back and talking crap? You don't even really know if you're going to be good or not at the first race. So why would you do it? So, yeah, I was very intrigued. No one could have talked trash more than him. And, he, you know, he'd throw it out there that he knew he was going to do well. But I, I just I don't think he yeah. could talk. He was just so good. You know, I don't know. He, he, the most he ever did, I know he would always say, like, every year they mention some guy who's going good, and I'm honestly not worried. Like, that's as far as he would go. Yeah. That's, you're right, though. That's as far as he probably needed to go. Yeah. Like, yeah, he didn't. does he need to say, I think I've got Ezra Lust covered? Does he need to say that? <laughs> right. And Timmy. Like he just, and Timmy. We did. Tim Ferry. <laughs> Timmy was probably one of the guys. Villeman. Right. Yep. Um, okay. So, yeah, we saw McGrath. Good to, good to see him always. Uh, all right. So, let's get into the 250 class. And Shane McElrath, everybody. JT, again, we talked about him more this year, so that was good in our podcast. And uh, he was Chris Kiefer's pick to win from last Monday night's Pulp Show. But McElrath took this deep field, hashtag deep field, JT, and he, he made them all look, uh, look, look, look pretty normal. He just took off slowly and steadily, pulled away, and what a main event for, for McElrath again. Yeah, and we should have known better because if you if you look back at it, and I didn't know or remember this this clearly, but if you take away his DNF at Arlington last year, he's your champ last year. Uh, his results, you know, he, he won the first two rounds. He was third at Anaheim two. Um, so we should we should have seen this coming. Whether well, or not I, you I, had I, him leading every lap all night, maybe I, not. I, but I, I actually it, said it shouldn't that. be a surprise. I actually said that on our on our preview session. Without that DNF, he would have been. Right there. Cause, well, yeah, cause, I, I, mean, I think you, it would have been a clear-cut victory from the results I looked at. He would have won it, I think, pretty easily. I, all I heard was Justin Hill clinched it one race early from the other guy on the phone here. Which well, he did. I know, he did. but I'm just saying. But anyways. I think he would have been in the hunt. I mean, Hill. I, I think Hill rode conservatively in, in Seattle and some of those races, just trying to wrap it up. I mean, I, he probably would have ridden differently if he had to go out there and win a race or two more. But for but, sure, McElrath would have been dude, in the hunt. I mean... He can absolutely win this. So, right? We're all, we're, we all agree that, oh, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, this wasn't just like some, uh, you know, weirdo Anaheim one thing that happens, like what you talked about. McElrath was, was good. Well, what did he qualify? Did I miss his qualifying? Was I? Hold on. Here, here he goes. He was fourth in qualifying. I mean, everybody was pretty close. He was five tenths off of off Hill. But, uh, I think it was weird last year when he won. Yeah. Right? This- um, what a ride, though, man. Yeah, it was, it was a great job. Great job by Shane McElrath. Uh, Plessinger second, AC third. Uh, I thought Plessinger was very good, too. Um, you know, he, he started off last year. He did not have a great season. And uh, second place, he's got to be pumped. AC was our title pick, but uh, nothing wrong with that third, huh, JT? No, he was solid. Yep. You know, he he made a post saying he rode a little timid, 
but I thought he was good. Um, he kind of did what he needed to do. I think if you are in this 250 class and you get to the front every week, there will be plenty of opportunities to win. So if he keeps up good starts and stays off the ground, he, he will win races. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. So there's always going to be nerves at day one. I think Shane has proven, you know, last year that that doesn't seem to really affect him. Nope. But I think for AC, he had pretty high expectations both placed onto him and, and from himself internally. So to get out of there with a third and not do anything stupid to put yourself in a hole, I, th- I think it was a win for him. You know, maybe a third on the result sheet, but a win overall. Uh, I think the biggest mistake he made all day, AC, was he said that uh, to be in Anaheim 1 was a goal of his in front of 65,000, 70,000 people. And I, I, I had to text him and be like, that was the old Anaheim Stadium. There's only 43 here now. Somebody tweeted at him of that, too, actually. I, know. Uh, I saw the that. The guy's like, don't burst my bubble. AC's like, don't burst my bubble right now. <laughs> it was pretty funny. This is not Anaheim <laughs> yeah. uh, 1985 anymore, AC. The stadium's changed. So, um, Yeah, you know what? Uh, quietly, in the heat and the main, Weege, Savachi was impressive. Moving forward, I thought. Yeah, yeah, the heat he was really good, and um, you know the start was just too bad in the main. Uh, I did see a little bit of difference here. We're just learning some things with this new metal start. Um, Savachi says now that he looks back, he thinks he maybe should have tried to dive bomb Craig or whatever it took to win that heat. He didn't really think the gate pick was going to matter that much. He ended up with the fourth gate pick. Um, and I think a lot of the guys are probably thinking gate pick doesn't matter quite as much. But he said he was surprised where there was a hole in front of his gate and he said that all these starts they had done at home with the metal gate, the reps in front of the gate also were usually better because your launch is more consistent, so there's less double clutching and all this other stuff that leads to a hole. So here's what I'm thinking. Yeah, everybody practiced the crap out of starts on metal gates, but they didn't do it with enough guys to have the collisions five feet out of the gate that lead to weird-shaped ruts, and it totally caught him by surprise, and he says that, that ruined his night. You're, I mean, well, JT, but I would think as a racer, you are now looking at the rut in front of your gate, the metal gate, the whole time. And now that, that, that's all you're looking at now. Yeah, he said that was yeah. the whole race. That, no, yeah. but I'm saying if he lined up wrong, then that's on him a little bit. You gotta <sighs> well, he said he, he knew he could not go outside of the guys he needed to beat. Okay. So he's like, I'm just taking the gate next to them on the inside no matter what. <clears throat> but that probably wasn't the right move. Okay. Um, yeah. Because he didn't expect in all the practice starts, he just didn't think the ruts outside the gate would really be that bad. Yeah. Um, um, but there's a difference between doing 100 starts, I think, on your own, and then when dudes collide after, when there's 22 of them in a main event. After McElrath, I think Savachi was a guy that I was most impressed with. AC rode great. Plessinger rode great. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Savachi was eighth off the start and moved forward. The heat, he moved forward like... The only bad thing that I saw from Savachi was those starts. Uh, what do you think, Galdi? Uh, that seemed to be kind of his only uh, inch in his armor on the weekend. He was strong. Every time he get, he just kind of, he looked veteran at almost. He got better as yeah. he got on the track more. Yeah. Uh, but alluding to the, to, to the, um, the Starkate stuff, we were talking about that in practice. Remember, so this year with the metal thing, they let every single qualifying practice do a start. So now the gates weren't just getting chewed up from guys practicing starts yeah, or from the point. very first heat yeah. of the night. Yeah. They were chewed up because they didn't fix them. I don't well, know if you guys noticed that. They didn't fix them, like, they super had to good. They for the night show. They dressed them up, but they yeah. didn't, like, beat it. So that, you know, it was just, it would have been soft. So those things were, uh, I guess you could look at that all the, all the whole day yeah. now, the way they're doing that. Because, right. yeah, qualifying was like a start. Remember, they're, like, revving the gate boom. They drop it, and, right. and everybody went to the qualifying. Huh. So, um, but maybe, yeah, like you said, a little bit on Joey on that one. And he said he wanted to pick to the inside of those guys. So fourth pick, he must have had a 
couple better choices, you would think. Uh, not according to Weege. Yeah. We just, we just saying it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, JT, wh- where are we at with Craig? Do we... You can't be pumped, right? Um, I don't think it was terrible. No, no, I know, but you can't be pumped. You got, you're not, you know, you're not, I don't think you're high-fiving. You're like, no, but I mean, he was, I thought he was pretty good all day. He was, he looked way better than last year's East Coast, so. <laughs> While there is that. You're right yeah. that. If you're putting in perspective and you like the speed, you like some of the starts he got, so I think there were definitely positives to take away from it. You just move forward. I mean, I, I really, really don't believe in drawing hard conclusions from A1. I, I think that's a mistake. It's too much of a weirdo race. There's too many too many jitters and just strange things always seem to happen. You know, look back on RV crashing like three times in the main event there a few years ago, and it didn't matter at all. Um, Timmy not just, making it in, in 05. Yeah, I, I look at if you're riding well, I think that's really what you can take away from A1. If you look terrible out there, I think that's probably going to carry forward. But just because you have a bad result or a crash or something didn't go your way perfectly, I think that's just the A1 vortex that gets, sucks people in. If you look good in practice and you look good in your heat and you look good in all these times you're out on the bike, I think that's something you can really draw a conclusion from. Uh, we, the guy we maybe a shit on in our podcast was Freckle Oldenburg. Uh, he was good. He was really good. He started uh, 13th. Yeah, as we saw McElrath run away with that heat race, um, it then reminded us of last year's yeah. shit on Shane podcast, and then we had to try to remember who was this year's guy. It was Oldenburg, and then we realized it was shit on Freckle. And then whenever he did well, which was most of the night, he was riding well. Yep, it, that became one of our comedy bits. Oh, the shit on Freckle! Look how good he's doing now. He was good, man. He really was. Yeah, yep. I feel nope. bad for some of these guys who this West group. I think it's as stacked as a 250 or 125 class has ever been, and. I mean, it's unfortunate because there's guys like him. I mean, he's going to ride really well, but it's still going to be tough to win races against these dudes. Uh, who knows? You know, if you if some of these guys might have been better off on the East where there might be some podiums up for grabs or even wins a little more easily, right. I would think. Justin Hill? Okay, hard conclusions, as JT mentioned. No, I'm with you guys. Look, I could sit here and I could – you know, have a little party uh, thing and, and maybe, you know, maybe do a little dance. And I'm not going to because of A1, because of being A1 and, and, and things happen. And Justin Hill didn't have a great A1 last year either. If everybody remembers, it wasn't quite this bad. But uh, he qualified fastest, you know what I mean? But, but he did not get the starts he needed either time. And no, I that's, thought, that's, that, that's the only thing I would say. And congratulations on being right for A1. Uh, but I did like the way he rode. I thought he looked comfortable. I thought he looked fast. The only thing that I'm worried about, and this is what you were harping on, so I will give you credit on this, I'm a little worried about his starts. If if he can't figure that part out and whether it's whether it's an outdated technology on the bike or whether you know, whatever the case is, the starts have got to be better than that or he's gonna be on the outside looking in all season. Uh Galdi, you and I were talking yesterday maybe, or at the race, or was it Weege or somebody, about his starting position, his gate pick. No, that wasn't me. But wasn't you? No. Okay, because he had the... Well, he had first pick. Tenth, and... He had the 10th pick. No, he qualified first. Remember? He no, no, no. The... Uh, no, for the main. Oh, for the main. Yeah, yeah. He had um, the 10th pick, and he was... Oh, yeah, he was way outside. That's what I'm saying. That's that right. was you. No, it wasn't me. You were talking about it up in press box. 
I, I, my ear was there. I okay. did hear this. Right. Yeah, that's right. You did point it out to me. It was crazy. He was next to, I'm trying to remember now. Who he, was the guy that was inside of him that we said qualified 16th or something? Yeah, um, we, I got to, Was it Leith? Was Leith. Well, if you look at the sheet, 16 was... Uh, Brandon Leith. Was that who was next No, one? it was really? Starling. Starling. Starling, because we were talking about the gear. Yes. Was Starling. That's right. Starling, That's 17th right. quickest, was inside of Hill. Yeah, like he was the, only he was like four gates, I think, right from the from the far right side. So it was an odd pick. Uh, who knows? I mean, all lots of things go into it, but it was a little bit of an odd pick. But uh, I talked to Dean Baker, Dean Baker over at JGR. His nickname is the Horsepower Maker. <laughs> at least it used to be. Um, so I talked to him about the bike, and we got into it. So I'm going to write about observations this week. Um, some off-the-record stuff, but some on-the-record stuff about the bike and the improvements and what they've done and everything else. So hey, stay tuned for Wednesday, everybody, when I formulate my thoughts. Um, but, you know, he looked good. He qualified fastest, you know? So, yeah, he'll be all right. Seventh is a tough hole to start in with this field. but He was five, right, he, last year? Did he get fifth? Uh, yeah. Fifth, fifth, so it's only, two, year, so. it's only two points. Uh, Did you hear from JGR guys at all about your, your comments? Yes. <laughs> yes. How did that go? Well, yeah, not happy. But you know what? Those guys are cool, though. We each knows that. Like, like no one was like mad. You know what I mean? They they jabbed me, and that's fine. I can take that. But unlike other jerk offs in the pits, like they weren't physic. They're not physically mad at you. They realize it's just an opinion on a podcast show, right? Weej. I mean, that's how those guys are. And he's gone. And we <laughs> um, he was – oh, he had a nice outfit too. Remember we talked about best dressed, lit kit or yeah. whatever your – What do you think you know? about lit kit for Justin Hill, JT? Uh, not my favorite, but that's okay. What was your favorite? Um, I thought some companies did some cool stuff. You know, Thor broke AMA rules with their setup. You know, they're not allowed to run – uh, the name and number like that on the back, but what? What do you mean? What? Huh? Oh, I didn't catch that. What? With that gold on the back? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Marv's kit. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, it's got it. There are specific parameters for how you're allowed to do all that stuff, which they did not seem to care. Um, but I thought it was cool. I, I like one-off stuff like that. I, I thought the black stuff was cool. Um, I thought you know the LE stuff the Fox had was really clean. I like a lot of stuff. Um, Justin Hills was not my favorite, but that's okay. Different strokes, different folks. JT, Whatever so why did why did uh, like why is DMA just okay with that? I don't I don't do you do you have to apply to it? I, I don't know. Um, I don't think they're okay with it so much as that. Thor probably just said, well, this is all we have for them, so they have to do it and whatever. (laughs) All right. Um, I mean, it's definitely not. There's a huge post on Vital about it. People are, like, posting pictures of the rule book and all this shit. It's, (laughs) I don't know. It's typical. To me, typical AMA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're not not surprised. not do anything about it. Uh, But we, I don't know how much you heard. We we, we left the show on. But so JT was asking me about the JGR guys if they heard the Hill stuff that I talked about. And I, did you hear me what I asked you or no? Uh, no. Okay, I just said those guys had heard about the podcast and they gave me shit about it, but they were not mad like other people in the pits would be. Like, they're cool, and you know this. Well, the big change is uh, Chris Wheeler from Suzuki, not from JGR, but Suzuki's guy, uh, he wasn't even serious. He's the only guy, I think, from a, from a brand that would have reacted the way he did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. It, was more like, it was more like, um, well, we haven't raced yet, so... What, what am I going to say? Like, 
until we kick ass, I, oh. what, what can I say to argue it? Maybe maybe we will win, and then we'll prove you right. But it's like we haven't raced yet, so we don't know. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, he gave me an RM Army uh, dog tags and a canteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah. I think I'm good, JT. I'm in the Army. You yeah. are in the Army. Yes. You're you're a soldier. I am. Clearly. I am in in the RM Army. No, listen, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I, I got tweets. You know how these people work on Twitter. I got tweets about you know ah oh, you you called it no I no let's just see let's just see how it goes you know that's all it, it's a long long series yet so but JT the seventh is a tough hole to climb out of with with this field it is but I think with so many good guys I think you're going to see a little bit of variance yeah. so it's not super debilitating I mean it's not that big of a deal like look at look at Shane last year one DNF changes everything so yeah. uh, I I think the biggest thing they need to work on above all else is getting the starts dialed. If, if he gets the starts figured out, everything else will fall into place. Cooper went to the LCQ and got some guys late in the race. Good for him. I thought he was good. Chisholm was good with a 10th. With a uh, Taft, there's a lot of Taft hype. There's a lot of Taft hype. The pants. It was all about the pants. Yeah. <laughs> this American yeah. Taft pants. Yeah. Um, so he wrote, I guess, 12, 11th is probably not what he wants, but... Uh, Yep, and uh, Mitchell Harrison didn't have a good night to go the LCQ also. I'm not sure exactly what happened. He missed Sexton there. Yes, Sexton. He was quietly decent. He was good. Um, What about, about, oh, and Amart uh, Amart flew off the berm, crashed earlier in the day, hurt a collarbone, flew off the berm in the main. They told him at the race that there was a crack in his collarbone, and then yesterday they told him there was no crack in his collarbone. So stay tuned on whether Amart races or not. Not exactly sure. Rough night. But it could have been rougher, Weech. Amart's night could have been rougher. How so? Well, there's a guy uh, on a guy on JG. Is it time? A... Is it time? <laughs> it's time. <laughs> right, it's hold on. Time. Just give me a moment to collect my thoughts and to collect my breath. Can we just <laughs> give me a second? It's all right. Let's go. It's unbelievable. It's un. Our guy Phil. God bless him. <laughs> <laughs> could, could could anyone have a a one like Phil Nicoletti? Anyone else in the sport other than Phil? The first lap, Steve. <laughs> no, no, it starts on press day. JT starts okay. on press day. His bike Fair bike blows up. Third lap into press day. Okay, just who knows issues, whatever. Well, uh, Phil blew up on the first lap himself. How? Before he crashed in the first lap of the very first practice, JT, how how many seconds was he on the track for, would you say, to get there? He did about, what, I would say almost somewhere around 60% of the first lap. And it wasn't just like he fell. He crashed his brains out (laughs) on the first lap. And I I literally saw a Suzuki flipping, and and I was – I could see the rider, but I couldn't tell who it was. And I said, please don't let that be Phil. And lo and behold, Phil Nicoletti, folks. That's how you start off 2018. <laughs> so he hurts his shoulder. He's got to get his, you know, help physiotherapy on it, get his shoulder ready, get going. He makes the main. And Weege, <laughs> he just gets. He, he made it half the distance. Yeah. That he did in the first yeah, that's lap of true. practice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right. That's yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then to really make it best, he's in the front of the pack, there's a big crash, everybody sees it. But worse, he's laying there as the pack comes by. Now everybody's looking. Everybody's looking because he's already crashed. Everybody's yeah. focused in on this Suzuki rider that's down. 
And then, oh, no, 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 don't do it. No, no, no. And it is completely torpedoed. And every person in the stadium is watching this happen. <laughs> McElrath could have done a backflip over the first triple while leading. No one would have thought. Because everybody was just like, oh, there's a guy down. Oh, no, he's going to get hit. Oh, there he and goes. Was, he got hit. Oh. Yeah. And I believe it was, of all people to get hit by, it was Giancarlos Ramos. <laughs> the action hero. The action John Carlos Ramos. And had Phil been coherent and present, he would have given him a throat slit gesture to John Carlos. <laughs> but honestly, I mean, it's not funny. It's not funny. You're missing one little addition to all of oh, this. Oh. Remember, the very first person that Phil sees on Saturday morning is you. Oh, that's right? true. He leaves Starbucks. He's walking back to the hotel. We're leaving it. And he's like, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Like, seriously, yeah, my day's ruined. That's like the first thing that comes. And then it just he did say obviously that. went downhill from there. He said, you're the last guy I want to see first thing in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was pretty funny. I mean, JT, you've been there as a racer. It's not nice to laugh. But holy it's not, smoke. but it was so Phil. <laughs> it's so it was just so Phil. Have we heard? Is, is he okay, though, from it? Because he did get hit hard. Like he, he texted Weege and I at 1 a.m. saying that he saw our tweets about <laughs> laughing about him and that we're assholes. <laughs> that moment in the press box, me being brand new in the press box, was I thought it was like Dean Martin and Sammy Davis up there just going off. Uh, yeah. I, Poor Phil. Poor <laughs> Phil. Like he's he's like he's like Charlie Brown at this point. <laughs> the football is getting pulled away from him yeah. every single time. We, I mean, several of us. There was a whole row. It was probably four, maybe five people. We all eventually had tears in our eyes as the laughter was building, which is so horrible. I don't think we would do that with any other rider. Like, how bad is that? No, we wouldn't. We would not laugh. No, when Dean Wilson crashed, nobody laughed. No. It's or Phil. We were just like, oh, if anything could go worse for anybody, it's going to be him. It's just, oh, I feel bad for him. Death Cross strikes again. I mean, I got a little more. Oh, I got a little more. Oh, so I go to the press conference and they have a screen in there and they're just showing highlights from throughout the night. It's basically like they've taken a clip of every pass and crash from throughout the night and they show each one once. Here's a start. Here's a crash. Here's a pass. Here's a crash. Here's a start. Here's a then. They just show each one once. Then they show Phil's crash in the main event. Yeah. And then a replay. And then a replay from another angle. <laughs> and then a fourth time with a replay from a third angle in slow-mo. Then the next clip is Tomas crash, but they just show that one. Right. right. <laughs> the only one that they deem necessary of multiple replays inside the press room, if you really want to know how crazy Supercross is, is this still just getting plowed into uh, and then uh, AC says, man, first of all, I'm just lucky to get out of here alive. Some yellow fender, some Suzuki guy just landed on me, and I can't believe I didn't die. I don't know who it was. I just saw a yellow <laughs> fender, and I almost died. Uh, I hope he's okay. I mean, I'll be, uh, there, yeah, there were some guys on the JGR team afterwards that were also, you know, kind of not laughing but laughing, and then they said that they told me on the radio that no one was concerned that if Phil was okay because they just know he is. He's Phil. Like, he'll just get up and be like, ah, <laughs> and he'll wander off the track. <laughs> and they were like, like, no one said, oh, go check on him. It's like, he can just take anything. He's just, he's just, he can take anything. It's like, whatever. Phil. I think he, he, he should get a, a helmet painted with a, like a black cloud on the top of the helmet. 
Right, right. Just a great idea. lightning bolts and rain coming down from this black cloud. <laughs> Poor Phil. Phil was not happy with AC categorizing it as, by the way, a Suzuki landed on me. I don't think I don't feel I don't think believe Phil agrees that that's how the crash. No, went down. No, he did not. No. <laughs> as after he called us assholes for laughing at him on Twitter, <laughs> he, he also yeah. did not agree with that assessment either. Oh boy, I feel oh, it's oh Phil. <sighs> okay, well, uh, Anaheim one has come and gone. Uh, one more thing that's uh, that made us laugh. Yep. Let's get back to the AMA here. Oh yes, yes, please. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So big controversy because live timing was not working early in practice. I think honestly, what happens to these things in their defense? It happened in the racetrack site. Anaheim one. These things get crashed by so many more viewers than usual. Pulp uh, Fantasy. Pulp yeah. Fantasy may or may not have had an issue also. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Every site I think involve a moto. Maybe guaranteed MX handled it, but everybody else. But eventually they got it fixed, and then we noticed <clears throat> that the results were listed as Monter Energy Cup from Anaheim, California. M-O-N-T-E-R. Yeah. And it was not Supercross. It was Monter Energy Cup from Anaheim. So we laughed at that. Steve's going, AMA never change. Please. Please never change. No. <laughs> but later on in the night, we noticed it actually had changed. It was now Monter Energy AMA Supercross. So someone... Someone realized they're no longer the Monster Cup. <laughs> but they did not realize that it was no longer Monter. This, this is like a 10-minute thing for you two guys in the press box. It was, it was priceless. Just, it was priceless. It's so good. It's so good. We finally got, like, the city and state's names all fixed, right? Remember how long that went? Uh, Mookie Stewart. They never found the S. Malcolm Stewart. Monster. No. Malcolm Stewart. Earth. Like, you just never... <laughs> Monter. Oh. <laughs> we did we did click on Phil's name to see if they still had grumpy picture. Um but they had a smiling one, but it was with a Yamaha. Yes, yes, so. it's, it's JGR Yamaha, but it is updated. <laughs> so by twenty twenty one we should have Phil in a Suzuki hat on the AMA timing. Um Okay, so biggest question mark going into Houston. Weege, biggest question for you going into Houston. Uh, well, the, the Tomac shoulder would dominate it, but I think that needs to go off to the side. Okay. Like, obvious. That's, that's too obvious, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, my guy's Webb. That's, this is a pivotal, pivotal, pivotal race coming up. Okay, JT, biggest question for you. Going into Houston? Yep. Well, I don't know if you mean leaving Anaheim or for the week. I mean, I think the injuries are the biggest question. I mean, if if Tomac's out, the whole face of this, we just, everything changes. You obviously weren't listening. We just said put that aside. That one's the obvious. I don't think you can. I oh, think, okay. Um, I mean, 250 class, okay, I'll break it down like this. 250 class, biggest question, can Justin Hill figure out the starts? Okay. I know we've covered that, but I think he is a title contender, but if he can't get a good start, he's not a title contender anymore. I think everything else was pretty much what we came to expect. The, the usual suspects were up there. Um, the guys that were supposed to be fast were, you know, as billed, Justin Hill notwithstanding. 450 class, okay. You want to take the injuries out of it? Those are the elephant in the room. Um, I don't know. I, I really was impressed with Anderson able to catch Marvin on some level. 
does does Anderson have more in the tank to make this thing real? Because coming in, I didn't think he would. I didn't see anything from the offseason that, that pointed to him being uh, a title mm-hmm. contender. Um, but but maybe we were wrong on that. So were we wrong on Jason Anderson is my final answer. My question, my biggest question is Justin Hill. Yep. Where are we at? Is this is this just an A1 thing? Or is he back? You know what I mean? Um, yep. Because he, he qualified fastest, so clearly, you know, everything's still good that way. Uh, that's my biggest question. Galdi, what about you? Uh, you guys kind of did them all, but I guess one I could ask is, when is Marvin going to lose? Maybe never. It's on a hell of a streak right now. <laughs> um, uh, no, you guys kind of alluded to yeah. them all. I yeah. mean, I, I guess you can, you know, you can ask the Chad Reed, is he just going to continually get better? Will he be that guy all year? I mean, he's going to get better, but how long is it going to take? Uh, it could be one of them. But uh, I think, yeah, you guys are right about the Justin Hill thing. The guy's the champ, and you can't start uh, outside the top ten in this class. Nope. All right. That's a wrap from A1. Right, guys? Anything else? Did I miss anything? Weech? JT? Anything else on your mind? Do we want to Do we want to update our guesses on Chad Reed's best finish for 2018? Um, We had six and seven, didn't we? All of us? At some point? Yeah. I think I said fifth or sixth. I can't remember. Okay. I know it wasn't so. Yeah. I know I didn't say seven. I went the lowest. I think I had the seven, which was the lowest. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, yeah, I'd still go with that. You know what I mean? To me. I'm going to go six. I'm okay. going to go six. Yeah. I mean, who knows? With injuries to other dudes, you know what I mean? Like, you just never know. Uh, by the way, Weege, congratulations. Brayton was quietly impressive. We never talked about him. He was. Well, yeah. I mean, he would have won the heat if it wasn't for transfer power. Right. Transfer there powers. was a brief moment there where I was like, <laughs> uh, it goes, uh, good Lord, if Brayton comes out and wins this heat race. Right. And for about three laps there, I thought it was in play. Did you see the cheer that, that Jason or Wygant did in the press box? It was like oh, a touchdown dude. by oh, his kid. Dude. Cheer right there. Like, it so, was. Like, where are we at with Brayton's status? Because, <clears throat> excuse me, like, Tickle, Grant, Webb, J Mart, Baggett. Are all behind him on factory bikes, right? That they won. Don't draw hard conclusions. But he's got factory suspension. Don't do so, it. Okay. All right. All right. Shot down. I don't know. Is his bike a big, big difference? Really between those guys? Is it, can you really say that that well, he's working with worse equipment? Like, like for sure the weight really matter. For sure the weight. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would guess he's got a transmission on huh, JT. I need to figure this out, but I would guess he's got a transmission. From Honda guys, uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Those those things aren't cheap, and they don't just pass those around. No. I think I think he's a, you know, it's kind of a la carte thing. I don't know right. if he would get one or not. Uh, and Honda with J Mart Weege, it's safe to say he's going two fifties. I don't know, man. I don't know. There's still two more races. Okay. All right. Well, are we are we still on this? Are we still on this possible red plate thing? Yeah, I think that's where Steve was going, right? Some, I was someone going, involved. I was going. Yeah, someone in the J-Mark camp was saying, I can't believe it, but Honda has not even tried to figure out a contingency plan if he has the red plate after three rounds. What are they going to do? Like, what, why, didn't, why haven't they considered this? God love this sport. Oh, it's so good. Okay. Um, he was good. Like, don't get us wrong. No, like, yeah. He was good. He, no. was about, he was fine. Honestly, yeah. he was exactly where I thought he would be. Seriously. Like, I, I, yeah. Yeah. Right, he was a 250 a racer like a on a 450 guys, but... in the opening round. Yeah. That's what it was. That's yeah. all. Nothing right. wrong with that. Yep. yep. You know, battling yep. for a top 10 spot. Right. All good. Yep. All right, everybody. Uh, flyracing.com. Please check them out. We thank the Fly Racing folks for that. Alpine Star as well. And, uh, and also to Max's Tires. And uh, Jason Thomas, Jason Wygat, Ryan Gold from Guaranteed MX. Uh, thanks, boys. Really appreciate it. And uh, 
we'll uh, reconvene uh, next week to discuss all the things that happen in Houston. Thank you, guys. See you. See you, boys. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing. He's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, hey,